Thanks for tuning in to the Wicked Climbercast. I'm your host, Adam Rujo. This is episode number six. Today's date is September 13th, 2019. It's Friday the 13th. It's also a full moon tonight. Very spooky. So we've been on the road for about two months now. Kind of picked an odd time to start a New England-based climbing podcast. But we're getting it done. Anyways, today's episode is a conversation I had with Brian Phillips a few months back. Brian needs no introduction. He's one of those people that when he speaks, you hold on to every word he says. Mostly because of his wisdom, but also because how soft-spoken he is. I apologize in advance for the sound quality here. Still getting the hang of this. And thanks a ton to Ian Doby for helping edit this uh, windy mess. Anyways, hope you all enjoy. All right, so today I'm here with uh, Brian Phillips. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Good. Thanks for being on the show. I'm um, going to break the ice with a question for you. I do want to ask you, uh, what's your trick, Brian? People want to know your mojo. No trick. Look, the crux for me is finding people to climb uh, weekdays. I'm retired, so I can climb anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just happens that most of the people, nurses particularly, mm-hmm. uh, uh, physicians, assistants, etc., get that can climb midweek, happen to be women. They okay. climb with a few firemen, too. Yeah. All right. All right. And uh, where uh, where did you grow up? I grew up, we're at CRG right now. Yep. I grew up a quarter of a mile north of here. Oh, wow. The land that we're sitting on, my father used to own. No way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. And uh, in West Warwick or Warwick? It's actually Cranston. Cranston. Yeah, it's right. The line's right up there. Um, yeah, this land he sold to Gamino when he built Route 2 uh-huh. back in the 1950s. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. And was, did you ever think growing up you'd see a climbing gym here? Never. No. <laughs> oh, just, this is like the hub, the staple of climbing yeah. in Rhode Island now. You know? Yeah. And uh, where do you live now? I live in North Kingstown now. I live most of my life in, in South County, South Kingstown, North oh, Kingstown. Yeah. Uh, did you move around at all? Ever- um, I was in the military, so I, I literally moved all over the world. But, oh, wow. Um, but I've always come back to Rhode Island. Okay. When you were in the military moving around, did you get to climb at these places, or was it just... No, that was pre-climbing. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And uh, what, how do you feel about the climbing scene? Um, what's the climbing scene like in uh, Rhode Island to you? Um, it's changed considerably. Yeah. I mean, it, um, it's funny that... Like Beach Pond is a good example. I climbed at Beach Pond back in the 1980s. I got a brand new set of Wild Country flexible friends, and I went down there and I led everything yeah. that I could at, at Hemlock Ledges. And since then, like no one climbs there. Yeah. I went back there uh, last year and I bolted half dozen loops. Mm-hmm. And now you go there on a weekend, there's like 10, 10, 12 people there. That's wild. So all you gotta do is add a couple of bolts, and, and it's up. amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. What uh, people show up. Well, there's the joke at Rumney. They say, "How do you make a climb classic? You just put, put you leave jaws up, and all of a sudden it becomes a classic climb." You know. So, <laughs> yeah. And um, what got you into climbing? Um, I started hiking, then I started mountaineering, then I started ice climbing. Not many people ice climb before they rock climb, but I did. Uh-huh. And actually, I ice climb up at uh, uh, what's called the ice cream slabs up at Cumberland. In oh long, yeah. Long time ago. Yeah, the ice cream machine. Yep. Yeah. And um, and then I started rock climbing. I started down at Petaquamskit Rock mm-hmm. in South Kingstown. And we we shared a rope 
and we shared shoes, actually. We had yep. a pair of uh, Boreal Perets, uh, uh, which spelt fire, but it's pronounced, actually pronounced fire. And um, we shared the shoes, and we climbed down there, and that's like, I don't know if you've ever been down there, but it's yeah. pretty nasty rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is closed, unfortunately, now, right? No, no, it's open. Oh, okay. I just bolted a line down there. Oh, wow. All yeah. right. And I am confusing that with uh, Diamond Hill. Diamond Hill's closed. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, what, uh, what type of climber would you consider yourself? I used to consider myself solely a trad climber because uh -huh. I mean, that's how I was brought up. There yeah. basically were no bolted roots in, in New England. Um, and, but now, more and more, I've been getting into sport climbing. Yeah. Simply because, I don't know if it's because I'm more cautious, I'm, I'm more lazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. My new favorite climbing destination, Spain. Mm -hmm. um, last couple of winters, I, I rented a house there for uh, two weeks, and yep. um, uh, I mean, it's spectacular. You've got like 12 fish sport routes there. Oh, yeah. What, what, need? what part of Spain? Uh, El Choro. Okay, yep. Um, great place. We're going there again this year. Yep. I think renting a house again. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, more and more sport. Um, as you know, I put up some climbs in yeah. Connecticut. Quite a few. Yep. And uh, what would you say your uh, proudest climbing moment is? Um, summoning the Eiger. Yeah. Um, God, yeah. I summited the Eiger in Swiss National Day, August 1st, 2005. Um, we attempted a, uh, a route on the North Face, and it was just too warm, the global warming. All the um, snow fields were melting. So we got up. Uh, we were like 14 pitches up, and we bivvied for the night. Got up the next morning, it was just running waterfalls. Oh, no. So I had to leave about half my rack uh, rappelling down. There's no fixing it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, then the worst part of it is I had to replenish my rack in a Swiss climbing shop, which is not cheap. Oh, no. So we we went up a different route, the Metalinki route. Uh, oh. We summited that. Uh, Same trip? Same trip, yeah. Wow. About a week later. Oh, man. Yeah. When you're on the road and it's right in front of you, you do anything to, yeah. whatever it takes. Yeah. To it took us three it days to, yeah. to do the route, but it was spectacular. How did that feel up there? Oh, it was great. Yeah. It was great. That's a good story. It was a long day. Yeah. Man. And now, what would you say your favorite climb in New England is? Um, I would say Moby Grape on Can Can. Yeah. It's a uh, eight pitch, five eight. Every single pitch is interesting and different. I mean, you've got, you got Reppy's crack, it's a hand crack. you got finger cracks, you've got an overhand. You've got grunty moves. I mean, it's just a spectacular climb. It I is think. a good climb. The only problem with it is now it's very popular. Yeah. Too many, you know, you to do it during the weekdays. You could get up there at 6 o'clock and there could already be people on yeah. you know, regularly. Yeah. Um, and, Mountain Project gives that climb a PG-13 grade. Yeah. Why do you do? Why do you feel that way? Any? I don't know. I think it's well protected. No, I don't know either. Um, I mean, even the crux on it, the uh, triangular boot. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's well protected. I, I have no Is that idea. The fickle, the fickle finger, or whatever they call that's, it. That's that's. Yeah. I mean, you, you'd finger be, of fate. I it's think. almost impossible to fall out of that thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You, you hope, your body is your protection, basically. Yeah. You're wedged in it. Um, yeah, I don't it. get that. And uh, what do you think climbing in New England is all about to you? I think it's about 
trad climbing. Um, I mean, it's still a long trad tradition here. It's about stiff roots. Um, some people would say sandbag, but um, <laughs> it's just depending on how old the route is. But yeah. I mean, if you come out of the gym and you go up to New Hampshire and get on like a 5'9 slab up there, mm -hmm. you might be pretty nervous when you're 30 feet above your last piece oh, of protection. Yeah. You know, uh, other gunks are the same thing. Mm -hmm. A 5'10 roof there is a 5'11 roof at Red Rocks. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot different. Yep. So, I mean, that, that's, that's what the East is all about. I mean, it's got that reputation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what do you do when you're not climbing? Um, planning climbing trips. <laughs> <laughs> planning the next one. And um, now that you're tired, you got a lot more time. Yeah, to do I that. mean, I mountain bike, I kayak, um, I fish. I do a few other things, but um, I climb a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what got you into developing climbing? You see, you've developed a lot. I see your name all over, especially Connecticut. Yeah, um, I did a lot of. I did a few trad routes way back. Actually, I did some with Ken Nichols. Yeah. Um, and I just started, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of blank faces out there that just don't take good pro, but are decent climbs. Mm -hmm. Um, and people want to climb them and people want to lead and they want to do tr sport. So I just started bolting roots. Yeah. You know, and I mean, in some places like, like Pine Ledge is a good example. No one climbed there because, mm -hmm. um, the place was really obscure. Uh, just uh, Chris Bouchamp and I bolted it, and now I mean, there's a lot of people going there. Yeah, people as far away as Boston go there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to bring up that crag just because it's on the interwebs, but since you brought it up, I want to say you guys did a really good job Thanks. with that place. It's, well, it's, it's fun. In, it's, it's in really Dave Fazulo's guidebook now. So yeah, yeah. Kind of, but we still keep it off Mountain Project. Kind of keep it good. relatively low key. Yep. There's some good stuff there. Um, and this might be tough for you, but uh, what would you say your favorite um, climb that you put up is? Favorite one that I put up? Yeah. Well, it would probably be, that's tough. There's one there called Kinky Women. It's a 5'7". Yeah. More yeah. people compliment me on that. Yeah. By the way, it has nothing to do with Kinky Women. It has to do with a kinky rope yeah. and the two women I was climbing with who named it. I didn't even yeah. name it. Is <laughs> so, that the one all the way to the left? No, it's a... No, not all the way. No. Okay. Five seven, like right at the start. Yeah. Um, very popular. Okay. Um, there's another one there called Life of Brian. Five yeah. eleven. That's I like hard. That. I yeah, like that climb a lot. Kick my butt. Man. Yeah. That's, that's uh, good. It's a really good climb. Um, it's funny that a lot of people, a lot of young people I climb with, haven't got a clue what Life of Brian is. That that it's a Monty Python movie. Yeah, like on the bright side of life, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um. And before we get to into the topic, um, just I do want to ask you too. How do you feel about um, climbing being in the Olympics? What your opinion on that? Um, I don't know. I suppose it's it's a good thing for climbing. Mm -hmm. um, the whole uh, the way they're handling it with sport, with speed climbing and. Um, it difficulty. It, it's. It's kind of bizarre. I was in the, um, I was a belayer in the first two extreme games okay. they had that ESPN oh. put on. We were in Newport, Rhode Island. And uh, um, it's very much the same format that they're going to use at the Olympics mm -hmm. because we had speed climbing there. And um, 
it was interesting how fast these guys climbed. Yeah. I was belaying um, Hans Florin, and there was two of us wow. on a rope with Grigri's running in the other direction as he went up. <laughs> um, it, but I don't know how many people are going to participate in speed climbing, because you have to do all three. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Is there any concern? A lot of people are talking about, like, now... People are thinking maybe the crags are going to become overpopulated more. Oh, that's already happening. That's already happening, yeah. That's gyms, climbing gyms. Yeah. I've done that. Yep. Uh, I mean, I've only been climbing for 12 years, and I've seen it. I've oh, seen yeah. it big time, you know. Yeah, I mean, places like Rundy, I mean, they have a serious problem. Yeah. The Access Fund is there now for three months, helping out, trying to fix things up. But, yeah. yeah it's a lot of work. But, yeah, I think they should ban large groups there. Yeah. Um, you know. Places like the AMC, mm -hmm. White Mountain School, REI, Guides, Rock Chimps, you know, bringing bus loads or yeah. van loads of people up there. I think they should limit it to uh, Pine Ledge. five or ten in a group. Yeah. You know? yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into the topic today. Uh, Brian and I are going to talk about some history in Rhode Island. Seems like something you're a little passionate about between the Rhodey yeah. Lodies and the Ozone well, Alpine Club. Surprisingly, people have been climbing in Rhode Island since the 1930s. Uh -huh. There was an, a 1935 article in Appalach Appalachia. Appalachia is the um, journal of the Appalachian Mountain Club. It was entitled, Rhode Island, the Rock Climber's Paradise. <laughs> and it was a pretty funny article because it was widely exaggerated. Yeah. They talked about the 100-foot cliff over in Tiverton. Uh -huh. Oh, I've climbed on that cliff. <laughs> yeah. It's about 50 feet. Yeah. They climbed about, they talked about Catamit Quarry up in Cumberland, which is Diamond Hill. Uh -huh. um, is that Weedemo? Weedemo, the Antivitan? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's, um, well, there's actually a clip there, uh -huh. just north of Weedemo, yep. um, which is now in conservancy land. Mm -hmm. It used to be posted. Um, in the 1970s and 80s, um, there were people climbing down at uh, Petaquamskit Rock, climbing up at, at um, Snake Den, and climbing up at uh, Diamond Hill. Um, a lot of names that are familiar, like um, the Smith brothers, um, Ward, Chris Smith, uh, Whitey McLean, uh, Neil Pothia. If you climb up at, if you bolded up at Lincoln Woods, you probably know those names from the, yeah. Oh, yeah. From the names of the climbs themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they put up most of them. Um, and they were like the groups they were in, the Rody Lodies and the, uh, the uh, Ozone Alpine Club of South County. Those were named due to the amount of um, smoke they inhaled. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, the 1990s brought rock gyms to Rhode Island. Good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, the first rock gym um, was opened by... Uh, Good friend of mine, uh, Joe Goodrow, and uh, Bruce Foster, and um, it was up in, in Whedon Street in Pawtucket. It's called the Rhode Island Rock Gym, and um, they were that was bought out in um, that was 1992. They opened that. 1998, um, Larry Norin and Nadab Lincoln bought it, and uh, they moved it to Hinkinson Street. Renamed it Rock Spot yep. in 2006. Um, 
now there's four rock gyms in, in Rhode Island. Yeah. Little little Rhode Island, uh, a lot of rock gyms. Sixteen in Boston. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, area, at least. Yeah, they, in the 2000, um, Lincoln Woods was put on the map. Um, Joe McLaughlin uh, penned a uh, mini guide in the uh, April 2000 issue of Rock and Ice called The Bouldering Guide to Lincoln Woods. So kind of put us on the map. That's uh, what Rhode Island yeah. is known for. The only thing Rhode Island is known for really for climbing. Yeah. Um, in 2013, uh, Rock opened another gym in Peacedale. I mean, it just kept opening gyms. Um, Central Rock 2017 opened in Warwick. Um, I don't know when that's going to stop, when it's going to be saturated. But, yeah. Um, and it's funny that in Rhode Island, we uh, we like to say that the the best climbing Rhode Island is in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, it's just four and a half miles over the border is uh, Ross, Ross Rocks. And I mean, it's 85 foot cliffs. Uh -huh. Which is, you know, compared to sitting down on the ground and starting six moves and everywhere else in Rhode Island. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good sized cliffs. Um, Lanton Hill is like eight miles over the border in Connecticut. So, pretty much all of Rhode Island kind of climbing, as I call, as yeah. I distinguish it from bouldering, yeah. is in Connecticut. Absolutely. And you, uh, you frequent Connecticut being from South County. That's, uh... yeah. Yeah. I, Pretty, I consider myself a Connecticut climber. Yeah, because yep. that's pretty much where I climb. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. Thanks for the the history there. Appreciate mm -hmm. that, Brian. Um, got a couple couple more little questions for you. Sure. On this one. Um, if you could uh, if you could talk to your twenty year old self now, what what advice would you give little Brian? Hmm. Um. I don't know. I I. I Things were a lot different then. I mean, back then, if you were a 5'8 climber at the Gunks, uh -huh. you were badass. Yeah. Um, now, you get kids out of the, you know, you have 11-year-old kids in the gym climbing 5'12s. Yeah. It's it's different. The sport's a lot a lot different. Um, I mean, the, the gear is a lot different. You know, I, I started climbing on with rigid friends mm -hmm. and in passive gear. Um, there were no bolts, um, so it was just, and even the, the method of teaching people to climb, it was like, I learned from uh, an old guy, he's probably, um, he's alive, he's probably in his 80s now, and it was kind of, get pushed into the deep end of the pool, here's the rack, <laughs> Yeah. go, yep. you know, um, that's how you learn. Um, yeah, now, now it's 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 much different. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, I think we should uh, wrap it up. Thanks a ton for coming on the show. Do you have any other uh, any comments in mind about um, Rhode Island climbing? Feel free to open it up. No, I would just um, tell everybody to be careful out there. Um, I see a lot of people come out of rock gyms, get on multi-pitch climbs, and they don't know a month from a prussic. Mm -hmm. I mean. Um, Everybody should have some basic self-rescue skills. Um, I, I've seen people up at Romney that are 
people are shouting up instructions to them oh, how to clean an no. anchor while they're at the anchor. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, find a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, find a guide. Come find Brian. Yeah. <laughs> if you, you want to climb during the week, look <laughs> me up. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like I say, that's the crux for me. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a ton, Brian. Appreciate it. Alrighty, sorry again about the sound quality there. Big thanks to Brian for sitting down with me. I loved how he said when he first started, his mentor told him, here's the rack, let's go. Take him up on weekday climbing. He's more than willing to show people around. Also, please understand that if your significant other does go climbing with him, that's all they talk about for the next few weeks. That's totally normal, happens all the time. Anyways, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And as Brian says, know the difference between a munter and a pressic. Get a mentor, and please be careful out there.